Somebody's got lots of things going on here at Fairlawn Mennonite Church right now. And, and you know, as we talk about expansion, um, I, hope, I hope we understand that this is about more than just expanding a building. But this is about expanding our influence as, as followers of Christ. It's about us um, not just expanding this building, but it's about us expanding into our community and, and into our world. And as, as we think about a, an expansion of the building, it's something that, that this is a journey that we are on together. That, that it takes every one of us. This is not something that is just a, a leadership thing. This is something that is a Fairlong Mennonite church thing, a, a kingdom thing that, that we are all engaged in together. And if it's going to be effective and successful, it's something we do together. Uh, this thing of expanding the kingdom and not just expanding the building. You know, the Fairlawn Mennonite Church exists to, to glorify God by equipping believers to advance the gospel. And back in October and November, we, we did a series entitled Advanced Out Loud with Words, which focused on, on the advancing part of our, of our purpose. And we focused on our responsibility to, to share the gospel, to share it out loud with words. Now, over the next six weeks, these next six weeks, we're going to talk about the equipping part of, of our um, purpose, equipping believers to advance the gospel. We're going to talk about disciple-making, equip, discipling new believers, and and in the library, you'll find a resource that will help you to, um, to walk with somebody in discipling them. And you can only buy these in sets of two. You can't buy just one set because one set is for you and one set is for the person that, that you're walking with and you're discipling. Because we want, we have this mandate to go and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them. And that's not just a good suggestion, that is a command that Jesus gave us. And this, this, um, this resource from Sun Life talks about identity, your identity in Christ, teaching someone their identity in Christ after they become a believer. It talks about, um, helps us to understand how to walk in your faith, how to talk about your faith, how to feed yourself, and how to stay clean. And so I'd encourage you that they're really good resources. Sun Life does some good stuff to pick one up and, and, and pray about who that person is that you should be walking with in their journey with Christ. I want to do just a little bit of a review on our last series. If you remember, we, we talked about this thing called, called the cause circle, this thing where, where we, we, we pray for someone, we care for someone, and then at the right time, we share the gospel, the G-O-S-P-E-L. God created us to live with him. Our sin separated us from God. Sin cannot be removed apart by good works. Paying the price, Jesus died for our sins, and everyone who trusts in him alone will be saved. 
and life with him begins now and lasts forever. How many of you in the last two weeks have had the opportunity to use the gospel acronym in a gospel conversation? How many? Hmm. That's kind of disappointing. You know, as followers of Christ, we have this responsibility to do it. And I know it's scary, but it's something we must do. It's something we must do. It's not something we can laugh off or, 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 or just kid ourselves out of. Something we really need to be praying for because, look, here's the deal. Our friends and our family, the people God brings into our path, will die and go to hell if we're not willing to, to step out and, and to, to, to share with them. Now, we talked about the fact that this chair, um, that's sharing the gospel, the, 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 the last series out loud with words focused on chair one, based on Dan Spader's book, Four Chair Discipleship, which if you haven't picked it up, um, it's a really good book for us to read. And, and he talks about Jesus' ministry and how Jesus approached ministry. And, and chair one is the, the Jesus, when he began his ministry, he said, come and see. And, and the chair one person is a person that's not a believer yet. But, but as this person sits in chair one, we as believers have this responsibility to cultivate relationship with them. And so, so this person that I know that's sitting in chair one, I cultivate relationship with them. And then as I have opportunity, as they watch me live life as a follower of Christ, as they see me living like Jesus, then I begin to plant seeds of the gospel. I plant those seeds of the gospel, telling them my story telling them how I came to follow Christ and telling them, them how, how Christ has changed my life. And they watch me. And as I do things with them and interact with them and, and do life with them, I look for that opportunity when they're in this chair one to reap a harvest. Because at some point, this friend of mine that's sitting in chair one as I've built relationship and as I have shared the gospel, the G-O-S-P-L, I at some point have the responsibility of asking them to cross the line and move from chair one to chair two. Chair two is new believers. Chair two is where a person moves who, at that, there's that point in this journey where they will, as Romans says, confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that Christ saved them. And they will move from here to here. Now, sometimes that, that time from here to here is maybe a week or maybe it's a month or maybe it's years. But at some point, they move from chair one to chair two. And the thing that we struggle with is, what do I do with a chair two Christian? As a follower of Christ, that person that I have shared the gospel with and the disciple-making journey began back here, how do I now begin to disciple them? You know, I sort of like this thing of just sitting here looking back at you. But how do I begin that? Because 
what I see happening is too often chair two Christians in the church, they now, they just sit here. And they look around and they see other Christians and, and other Christians are just sitting there and, and we get stuck in chair two. You know, we, we, we're now living a different life. You know, the old is gone and the new has come. But, but we just show up for church on Sunday mornings. You know, we don't have some of the old habits that we had before. And we just sit here. And we think that our only responsibility is, is showing up for church on Sunday morning, maybe going to an ABF and then going home and living our lives just like we've always lived. And we get stuck here. And there's this barrier between chair two and chair three. And, and our goal, our responsibility as followers of Christ, as disciple makers, is to move that person from, from chair one to chair two to chair three and then on to chair four. But we're happy with just moving somebody to chair two. That's not what this is all about. That's not what the faith journey is all about. We want to move them from chair two. From, so we've said, come and see. And then, as Jesus said, he had some one point said, now come and follow me. And so you become a follower of Christ. But now we must move them to this point from seeker to follower to, to somebody who becomes a worker. Somebody who's being effective, he, who, who is doing the work of a Christ follower. See, I think part of our problem is we, we, we don't understand what a disciple is. You see, the definition of a disciple is, is a learner or a pupil. And the word Christian is only found twice in the New Testament. But the word learner or disciple, the Greek word for that, is found 268 times. So, so we are to be learners. We're to be lifelong learners. As disciples of Christ, I'm to be a lifelong learner. And when I'm a lifelong learner or pupil of Jesus, then I follow him. And, and, and so what we as disciple makers are to do is we're to help people know how to follow Jesus how to listen to him, because if, we're, if, if a disciple is a, is a learner of Jesus Christ, then I have to understand what Jesus is saying to me. And the way I understand what Jesus is saying to me is I read his word, and I study his word, and then, then what I, when, G, when I hear him speaking to me, I have to answer the question, what am I doing with that? What am I doing with what Jesus is saying to me? That's what a real disciple is. A, a disciple isn't someone who comes to chair two and just stops the growth process, who their growth is stunted. No, a disciple of Christ continues to grow in their relationship with Jesus and in their ability to do ministry and to disciple other people. You see, in Romans chapter 12, and this is out of the message paraphrase, it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping and you're eating, you're going to work and you're walking around and, and place it before God as an offering, embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. So, so we take our everyday ordinary life and we place it before him. We say, God, here it is. What do you want me to do? 
And then we listen. And then as he speaks to us, we do the things that he invites us into. You see, this disciple-making journey of walking with someone, it's not rocket science. I think sometimes we we make way too much of it. We make it way too complicated. All it is, is is me as a learner, as a disciple, as a pupil of Jesus Christ, walking with another disciple who is a learner and learning with them. In our everyday, ordinary life, we are walking together in this journey. You see, we were never meant to live this Christian life alone. We always have people that we are bringing along, and we're to be looking to people who can be bringing us along. And that's a part of the disciple-making process. As learners, we need to continually be bringing people along. And so uh, we need to ask ourselves the question, what's keeping me from bringing people along? What's keeping me from doing life with other people in my job and and in my activities and and in my school and, and in all of these things? We make disciples in our everyday, ordinary life as we are going. As we are going, we make disciples. So how are you, as you're going, bringing someone along? Because in disciple-making, there's that, it's that old phrase, more is caught than taught. And so we teach people by the way we live our lives. We're teaching this chair to Christian how to be a follower of Christ by them watching us and us walking with them and teaching them. Even in the midst of our mistakes, look, we're going to mess up as followers of Christ. But it's even in our mess-ups that we walk with these learners, these pupils, these disciples that we're bringing, they become our spiritual children. You know, Paul writes to Timothy in Timothy chapter 1, he says, I'm writing to Timothy, my son in the faith. And so when we have been ministering to someone and sharing the gospel and they move to charity, they become our spiritual children. Now, for those of us that have children, we know that, that, that an infant, a young child, requires a lot of care. You have to feed them at the beginning. You have to change their diapers. You have to carry them around everywhere they go. But we don't ever want our children to stay in chair two. You know, my granddaughter, you know, you know, at first we carried her and that was so special and just cuddled with her and, and then she began to move around and, and yes, yeah, she made messes, but, but we were okay in changing that. But, but now she's walking and she's starting to talk and, and she's starting to, to emulate you, to copy you. And, and that becomes a scary thing because, because now they say the things that you say and, and they do the things that you do. And, and a disciple, a learner will do, begin to do the things that you're doing and that's what you want them to do i think that's what paul you know paul says he says follow my example as i follow christ 
He says, I urge you in, in, Philipp, in 1 Corinthians 4, he says, I urge you to imitate me. So what we're saying is, look, chair to follower, I want you to imitate me. I want you to follow me and be like me. And Now, that's a scary thought, but that should be our goal. That should be our goal is, is to tell them, follow me. Let me show you, and in the midst of my mess-ups and my struggles, we'll figure this out together. Kevin DeYoung said, the one indispensable requirement for producing uh, godly mature Christians is godly mature Christians. And so if we want to see godly mature Christians, we ourselves have to be godly mature Christians. Mom and dad, if you want your children to be godly mature Christians, then you must be godly mature Christians. I'm going to say godly mature Christians, we will mess up. We say wrong things. We make wrong decisions. Uh, we sometimes discipline them when we shouldn't discipline them. But it's in the midst of those things that, that we humble ourselves and we, we, we come to them and, and we admit our mess ups and, and, and then we continue to walk together. And we say, come and follow me. Let's do this thing together. Follow my example. As I follow the example of Christ. Now I know, I know, you know, we look at we look at Paul and we say, look. That was, that was the Apostle Paul saying that. I mean, this is a guy that wrote much of the New Testament. How can I, how can I even begin to think about telling people to follow me the way that Paul said to follow people? Well, you have to remember, Paul, Paul was a persecutor of Christians. Yeah, Paul, remember we talked, I think, two weeks ago. Paul said, look, I do those things that I don't want to do, and the things that I do want to do, I don't do. He said, what a wretched man that I am. And so, so Paul was far from perfect. Paul was far from perfect. And yet he had the confidence because of, of Christ living in him to tell people, Let's do this thing together. So what we, what our desire should be with this chair two Christian is to eventually see them move over here to this chair three where they become workers. Now in chair two, they're already working. They're, they're volunteering in the church. And they're, they're doing things. And, and, and these chair two, sometimes they're the best evangelists that we have because they're passionate about their faith and they're telling other people that they know who aren't followers to, to come and follow Jesus. And so, so they're sharing the gospel, but, but then they, they need to mature and, and move to this chair three to be a worker who is fully engaged. You know, Jesus, um, in, in John chapter 4, when his disciples came back from, um, from, from, from town, when he was talking to the, the Samaritan woman, um, 
tell him, look out there. He said, look, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is ready. I think in Matthew 10, he says the same thing. The harvest is ready. It's not about um, needing to wait for the harvest to be ready. He said what the problem is, is that we need more workers. We need more people willing to go and share the gospel and to disciple people. We need workers. And so our goal, what we need to do is move them from chair two to chair three. Oftentimes the church gets in the way because we get comfortable with the coffee shop and with comfortable chairs and with good worship. And so we just stay here. And sometimes you know, we need to get the church out of the way and we need to remind people it's not just about showing up here on Sunday morning. It's about moving this person over here and they become a chair three believer who becomes a worker. You see, if, if you're just showing up on Sunday mornings and, and, and you're, you're not invested in anything, you're a chair two Christian. That's not God's plan for your life. That's not how he, he, that's not what Jesus taught us. And so if you're, if you're a chair two Christian that's just showing up on Sunday mornings, that is not, that is not even half of what God has planned. And really, there's some disobedience that's going on. Because he desires to move you on to, to a chair three Christian. A worker that is fully engaged as a follower. Now, the chair three Christian, he is, he is working with a chair two Christian. He's already discipling. He's working with and, and he's sharing the gospel. But, but, but our goal isn't even to just have chair three Christians, just those workers. Because you see, ultimately what we want is we want to move ourselves and, and the people we're discipling to this chair four. And what a chair four disciple is, that is somebody that, that is making disciples who is making disciples. And so the people that they have trained up are now back over there, and they're bringing people through the chair one to chair two to chair three to chair four. We are, one of our core values is to, to um, gospel-driven um, discipleship which is making disciples who make disciples. You see, our, our, when we lead someone to Christ, we should spend a, a, a time with them, but our ultimate goal is to spend the rest of our life just feeding them, of giving them the bottle, of, 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 of shoving food in their mouth. Our goal is to make them bring them to the point where they no longer need us. They really don't need us because they're on their own. They're now discipling people who will ultimately disciple other people. And as we go through this, this series, I want you to ask the question, first of all, which chair are you in? Because I would imagine there are some of you here that are still in chair one. You're a seeker. You've never really made a commitment to Christ. Are you sitting in chair one? I guess God desires for you to be, to be moving on, moving over here. You've got the information you need. You need to take it from here to here. 
Some of you are sitting in chair too. You're showing up on Sunday mornings and, and, and maybe going to an ABF. But, but other than that, um, your faith really doesn't impact your impact other people. Are you sitting in chair too? And, and what changes do you need to make to move over to a chair three? Oh, we have chair three workers here. We have people that, that work really hard here at Fairlaw Mennonite Church who do a lot of things, who, who volunteer and serve and, 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 yeah, share the gospel. And some of you are sitting here as chair three followers. But how awesome would it be if, if 500 people became chair four Christians? To where in one year, all of us would walk somebody through this journey of disciple-making. At the end of 2019, we would have 500 chair for Christians who made 500 more chair for Christians. It's, it's this idea of multiplication. I disciple someone who disciples someone. They disciple someone who disciples someone. And it becomes this, um, this multiplication of, uh, of, of growth. And so as, as we go through this, which chair are you sitting in? And if you're stuck in a chair, what's keeping you there? Because there, there are different things that can keep us in, in, in the chairs that we're in. One is sin. You know, a chair two Christian, they, 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 they've gotten rid of some of their bad habits, and, and, but there's some things that they still really enjoy. You really enjoy some of those things that, that, that you, um, from your past. You enjoy some of your bad habits, and, and your bad habits are keeping you from moving to that next chair. And Jesus in, in, in John chapter 15 talks about, talks about pruning. He said, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So the question I'm asking you is, is what, are, what are the dead branches in your life that you need to cut away? That, that's hindering fruit bearing. And then, if you're a fruit bearer, what are the good things? Because we engage in good things that keep us from the best things. So, so what are the good things? And when you, when you prune a grapevine, um, you, know, you, you prune some of the vines that, that have produced fruit the year before, but you prune them away so that you can be a chair for, so that it can bear much fruit. So what are the things in 2019 that I need to be pruning away that's hindering my growth? That's keeping me from being a disciple maker who makes disciple makers. This whole thing of multiplication. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, he says, 
Not that I've already obtained this or have already been made perfect, but he says, I press on to take hold of that which Christ took hold of me. I do not consider myself to have taken hold, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and pressing towards what is ahead, I press towards the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called me heavenward. What are the things you need to put behind you and as you strain, as you look forward to run the race that, that Jesus has set out for you, as you look to Jesus, as you run to him, how will you be a disciple maker in 2019? How will you move from chair one to chair two, or from chair two to chair three, or from chair, chair three to chair four? How will I do that? What's my strategy? I hope over the next uh, six weeks uh, we can help you with that. and. And that you can begin to take seriously, first of all, you begin to take seriously this responsibility we have to share the gospel. And maybe that begins just by now you praying for someone and finding ways to care for them, to invest in relationship with them. But some of you are at the point where it's time now to engage them in conversation and, and to share the GOSPL. And then begin that journey of discipling them to be healthy followers of Christ who make disciples who make disciples. And in the next five weeks, we hope to do that. Let me pray. Father, thanks for, um, Lord, just for uh, the way that you have created us and, and the way that you've made us to uh, given us this, this, this privilege of walking with people and together becoming more like you. Father, would you, um, Lord, as, as, we, um, as we think about this, as we pray about this, Lord, uh, um, I, I repent of my sin of of missing opportunities to share the gospel with, with chair one believers. Help us, Father, to do better. Help us to, to take advantage of the opportunities you put before us, to be sensitive to your spirit. Father, we repent this morning of, of, of a lack of, of discipling of walking with people, of, of following the mandate of, of teaching people to obey. Lord, show us this year. Give us the courage to invite people into uh, um, a journey of disciple-making. Father, may we glorify you as we equip each other to advance the gospel. It's in Christ's name we pray.